Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day. from all of the great Pirates beat reporters down there at Pirate City. And usually hope springs eternal, but it kind of seems like at this point in time, at least Pirates Twitter has gone a little bit off the rails. So I thought that I would bring in a guest for, I don't even know, probably about the 20th time at this point in time. I love talking baseball with him. He's down there. Jason Mackey, Pirates beat reporter from the PG at J Mackey PG. Check it again, folks, because there was another fake one out there again. Jason, how you doing today, brother? Oh my goodness, Craig! This is uh, <laughs> it's been a time. It has been a time. Um, yeah, I, I feel like we got no food, we got no jobs, our pets' heads are falling off. That's it. <laughs> Right about where I feel things are. Um, you know, we kicked off spring training with the Pirates' spaces, uh, beautifulness, and then, you know, we had a story sort of published to an app that was dead three years ago, and it never should have published, and that whole mess. And yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it's just, it, it, you know, it's not like the off season was was calm, at least in terms of like emotions and frustration. You know, people were plenty mad and I understand why and I don't know I just feel like the, all of Pirates Twitter needs like a little bit of bourbon or something right about now yeah and I did I read that and I listened to you and my wife for Valentine's Day got me some of my favorite bourbon Redemption High Rye you know Redemption you want to sponsor the podcast or whatever but definitely one of my favorites not like a top shelf type thing but uh, I like it so that's that's the bourbon I go to I love it. I love it. I, hey, some of my favorite bourbon are certainly not top shelf. I mean, my all-timer is probably Buffalo Trace, which you can get. Actually, down here, I need to get to a store for, like, a totally reasonable price. So, hey, I'm not fancy. No judgment here. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, let's dig into to some stuff here. Um, with spring training beginning, uh, a, a lot of the players are already, you know, kind of down there. I know that you know, the first full workout is probably going to come out like when this is released on Monday. Um, so, but the pitchers and the catchers is kind of the big thing. Uh, the Yasmani Grandal signing, Chris and I already discussed. Chris is not a fan of Yasmani. He's also a White Sox fan. Uh, 
and a Pirates fan, so that might explain that. Um, but Yasmani, he spoke to everybody and made a quote that was kind of just like, you know, I'm at the end of my career. These guys are at the beginning. You know, my time is over. It's time to mentor them. Uh, but then Derek Shelton kind of speaks about uh, him having a spot and everybody else fighting for the second spot, Jason. Yeah, uh, it's not great. Uh, it's not great. I, I, I don't love it either. Um, I mean, I guess I see it. I, like, I fully expected them to add catching depth, and I don't have any problem with that. If they would have added Yasmani Grandal on like a minor league deal or something, whatever. Totally fine with that. Two and a half million bucks, I don't totally understand it. I mean, the best outcome, what they need to happen, obviously, is Henry Davis earning a spot. And yeah, like you outlined, I mean, they're sort of committing stuff to Yasmani Grandal or, you know, basically said between Derek Shelton and Ben Charrington, he's going to be on the team. Um, I just, I, I don't know what he can do right now. It hasn't been good. Um, great that he's a mentor, but they probably could have gotten a mentor who at least plays defense. Like, they could have gotten Jacob Stallings for less. Like, Jacob Stallings probably is not going to hit. But at least recently, he has played better defense. He can be a mentor. He can handle the pitching staff, all that stuff. And he'd save a little bit of money. So I just, I don't necessarily get what was going on with Brandall. I mean, maybe you're trying to, like, right, left, have a few more, like, you know, splits and balance. But I don't care what side of the plate you hit from. If you swing and miss, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it definitely is. It's very strange, and I know when you guys talked to Charrington today on the day we're recording, it's the day after Valentine's Day, the 15th. I mean, he kind of, it said like he has a spot and there's a second spot, so it wasn't like it was like a, a depth chart type order of everything, but that kind of lays out like a position battle that, I mean, we didn't really expect to that degree with like Grandal taking a place, and then you have Henry Davis, Jason DeLay. And Ali Sanchez. It's just not something, yeah. it's not one of the position battles I expected. No, I mean, I expected, I thought it would be how much can Henry handle workload-wise. Like, I figured Henry would be on the team. I figured Jason DeLay would be on the team. And if Henry was bad defensively, like, that might mean more playing time for Jason DeLay. And then you sort of figure it out from there. At this point, they're kind of making Henry earn his spot. Whether you agree or not, I mean, that's that's the way this is going to go. And uh, Ben Sherrington said, you know, in, in the same scrum that we're talking about, that's the nature of competition. Like, I asked Ben, you know, it seems like the big talk back home is you guys could potentially start Henry Davis in the minor leagues. I said, is that realistic? And how are you approaching the scenario with the other catching position? And he said, yeah, that's the nature of a competition. Like, you're, we're only keeping two. Somebody's going to lose out on it. And Henry's in competition. So, I mean, in so many words, he's saying that Henry very easily could start in the minor leagues, which is a far, you know, cry from where we were a week or so ago. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, Craig, to be fair. I like what I've seen from Henry a great deal. But, yeah, it, it, things have changed back there. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been weird, man, because I was even talking, you know, Henry has only, I believe, caught, I think it was like 80 or – right around 79, 80 games uh, in the minor leagues. Um, yeah, so I didn't yeah, know what – yep. And I didn't know what, like, to the extent he could catch at the majors. So I was kind of working 
uh, a split, but I was I was honestly working a, a three way split. I was working him and Yasmani, and then you know delay filling in, and it just kind of like this. Like I said, this whole thing has thrown me for a little bit of a loop. But when I sit down and think about it, like he was drafted in 2021, injured uh, at the end of 2021, injured in the wrist in 2022, hurt his hand last year, even when he was playing in right field. So he hasn't gotten, you know, a ton of reps. Right. Yeah, and that's their sort of rebuttal or explanation for why it's possible that they could keep Henry in the minor leagues. Like, I don't think anybody's rooting for this. I don't think the Pirates, you know, they're not like, oh, let's prevent them from earning service time or something like that. Like, no, I mean, they're in the position where they want Henry Davis to be good and help their team. But the way they look at it is if he needs a little bit more time to catch and you then look at, like, the number of games played, it's not dissimilar from, I don't know, who, what catchers have come out recently. Adley Rushman would be one trying to think about a couple, you know, recent guys who have made it to the big leagues. Like, they don't feel like Henry, you know, like Henry's workload in the minor leagues has been the lightest of that group. So if Henry needs a little bit more seasoning, they're okay with it. I think I think fans are going to be upset. I don't think Henry's going to love it. But, I like, I don't know. I, I just, where I'm at with this, Craig, is I, I think everybody needs to just chill out a little bit let it play out. Henry's performance and how he handles catching is going to dictate what happens here. Like, if he's good hitting, catching, he's going to be on the big club. If he stinks at both, he's probably going to be at the minors. If it's one and one, I think we're going to have to have that discussion, and it's going to be a little bit more nuanced. Yeah, and here's the thing is that he's been down there with Skeens, uh, you know, catching with him. He's been working on it all offseason. But like I said, it's an off season is a lot different than a game and game planning and different stuff like that. But let's move on to where a position battle we kind of expected a little bit more exists, and that would be at second base. You've got Piguero, you've got Bay, you've got Gonzalez, you got Jared Triolo. Jason, this this one should be exciting with all of these young kids. It should. And we talked to Charrington today. I thought it was interesting. Uh, earlier in the offseason, or maybe it was Shelton. Earlier in the offseason, talked about really liking Triolo more as a utility guy. Uh, but one thing Shelton said today was that he's going to be very much in the thick of the second base competition. And he said something about some of the like good utility guys I've had over the years. And, and when he talks about that, it's generally like Ben Zobrist, Marlon Gonzalez, uh, maybe one more. But he said one thing they all have in common is their ability to set down roots in one position if that's what their team needs. So I think Triola could do that. I agree with you. There's a lot of exciting young talent. I think as we get into games, as we get into more position player heavy stuff, it's really going to be cool to see how these guys compete. Uh, G1 Bay is not here. The other three are. Uh, Pagaro has put on some weight. You can't miss over Pagaro. It is so fun to watch him goofing around and seeing his personality come out. Um, I was watching them stretch and throw and get loose and stuff in the outfield. He's screwing around, talking about this, that, and the other. And like Rowdy Telez is looking at him and got a joy today. There could be some fun personalities, and Peggy's definitely one of them. Yeah, he definitely is. They put out a video, I think it was on the Pirates' Instagram, of him and Andy like kind of goofing around a little bit. And he just. I, you root for that kid just because he is just excited 
to play baseball. I mean, I think of um, I, I've used I think I've referenced Ted Lasso twice, and I know I'm behind <laughs> the times on Ted Lasso. But it's it's like the one player that just basically says like football is life, and it seems like that kind of Peggy just lives that it's like baseball is life, and he's just happy to be doing it. There, there's a lot of. By the way, I was having this discussion with somebody today. What a great clubhouse this is. Like, I don't, I don't know if they're going to win. This is not a comment that has anything to do with them winning or losing. But in terms of like personalities, good people likable people it's it's fantastic it's such a joy to be around this team because they're just they're not jerks they're respectful they're funny they give you stuff to work with it's just that part of it's great yeah it's definitely and and another big personality is involved in yet another what i see kind of like i don't know if it's a, a position battle but I mean, over in right field, you have Joshua Palacios, which, I mean, he always has a smile on his face. You've oh, yeah. got Edward Olivares, and you've got Connor Joe. And Connor Joe, I don't know Olivares that well yet, but, like, Connor Joe always has a smile on his face. So it's just a, another group, but you've got three players for maybe two spots. Well, and I mean, one of those spots is also going to have Rowdy Tellez playing quite a bit, too. I, yeah, I. And don't forget, like, you theoretically could be wanting to get Andrew McCutcheon in the outfield. Um, I think your person that you're going to use to spell Brian Reynolds and Jack Sawinski could be Edward Olivares. Like, he could bounce over to left and center. I'm not sure it would be ideal, but they could work it out. Um, I, the more I think about this, Craig, the more I think about, do we really need Kutch to play the outfield? I'm not sure they do. I'm not sure it's that big a deal. Um, you know, but I like Palacios a lot. I had a conversation with him today. Connor Joe as well. I like the platoon with Joe and, and Telez. And I know people got upset about routing Telez and, you know, saying, oh, this is the best the Pirates are going to do at first base. I mean, if you look at the numbers and what they did last season, they were better without Carlos Santana than they were with him. That's an unpopular opinion, but that's the same thing that they're try- they're going for here. They're trying to spend five million bucks and achieve a near eight hundred OPS, which is actually a very efficient use of talent. Um, it takes another roster spot to do it, but Jared Triolo saves them a roster spot by being as versatile. So you're basically, you know, you're even. Uh, but anyway, long-winded way of saying uh, there's some intriguing stuff there. <laughs> ever see me out and about in Pittsburgh, you will always recognize me. And not just because of the white beard, but also because the why that is always on top of my head. The hat I always wear. The Yin's brand. Proud partners with Bucks in the Basement. Three dynasties. One brand. Yin's. Finally, one brand to rep all black and gold. Follow at Shop Yin's for new merch drops and giveaways. Order online at WW Shop Yins, the emphasis on the two Z's, high quality comfort, lightweight materials, 
a new modern look for the black and gold made for yins by a yinzer. The other part that's that's kind of been talked about a lot, um, especially with you know Charrington today, was you know the starting pitching, and I heard the word pivot a couple times. I I, I definitely do like the you know believing and have faith in some of these younger players, um, a Luis Ortiz, a Quinn Priester, Rowanzi Contreras, and somebody who gets mentioned from time to time without like any prompting, Bailey Falter. Um, all still pretty young guys, pretty inexperienced guys to a degree. Um, but I know that people are, I mean, you put that out there, Jason, and it, it was like, oh my God, he, he put himself out to the wolves, even though you weren't the one that said it, you were just the one that put it out there. But man, Wait, that really fired some people now? up. What did I do now, Craig? No, you, you put, you just basically put out the, the quotes that Sherrington was, you know, we pivoted away from starting pitching. We really believe we we oh, still yeah. like to add a starting pitcher, but like um, it, it didn't sound so sure as it had, you know, back at you know around the time of Pirates Fest. Yeah, no, I hear you, and, and I had that thought too. Um, I asked the very first question of our session with Ben. I asked him something to the tune of. Um, you know, so are you guys going to get another starting pitcher or what? Like it was, it was pretty blunt and just like kicking it off. Let's go. Um, you know, when he, he didn't answer it directly, he said, you know, I think we should be worried about focusing or, you know, improving all areas of our team at all times. I'm like, that's an interesting way of answering the question. It wasn't like, yeah, we, you know, we need a starting pitcher. We're, we're monitoring the, the market, like all this stuff, you know, there's a different way of answering it. Um, I still think they're aware enough that they need to get an additional starting pitcher. And he did offer that answer later in the interview. Uh, but it, it was interesting. And the pivot thing, I, I guess I can try to provide this sort of context and what I know and, and all that stuff. Um, they didn't want to pay the going rate. Um, I'm not defending it. I feel like if you're running a team and you're not willing to pay – the going rate for Luis Severino, forget like Shohei Otani, you might need to reevaluate how you're doing business or what you're doing or how much you're allowing people to spend, whatever. I don't like it, but I'm relaying the message. Like, I don't think they wanted to pay the going rate. So they said, screw it. We're going to take a little bit less money, dump it into Aroldis Chapman, try to shorten games, and we're just going to commit to getting one of the cheap options, the, the Domingo Hermans of the world, or maybe try to swing a trade. Um, we'll see if they can swing Herman or trade or both or, or whatever. But they, you know, basically said like, it's not worth it to extend ourselves to this degree. Uh, uh, maybe I shouldn't phrase it like that. Cause it sounds like I'm defending it, but you know, they're just saying, we don't want to deal with it. We'd rather go these routes. Yeah, and I don't think it sounds like it's defending it. I, th I think it's it's definitely, you know, more well, explaining it. It's defending it, Greg. They, they get very mad and think that I'm, like, endorsing this deal. Like, no, just try it. Don't shoot the messenger. Yeah, and, and another piece of this kind of, you know, Jason, is is the difficulty in, in actually making a trade. Like, I know people play people play video games. I don't play video games anymore unless I'm playing them with my kids, and it's usually me – 
you know, getting shot like a hundred times in the head while playing Fortnite. Um, but I, I think that like, it's like, okay, well, we want this guy. We have these guys. These people should make this trade because it, it would just work out better for our team. Right. And it, it doesn't really yeah, seem okay. to be like much of a, I don't know. It's just not a, they're tough. Like that's why trades like don't happen as much as they maybe should. Yeah, I mean, it's weird that they can't just say, here's all of our bad players and give us our, your good players. <laughs> I don't understand. That's the easy way of doing it. Um, but no, I get it. And I, you know, the other complicating factor here is, you know, I'll be critical for a minute. I think Charrington is reluctant to deal prospects. And to a degree, like, I understand where he's coming from. You know, he has to keep prospects to win here. It, just, he's not going to be able to spend a ton of money, like, He's got to preserve prospect capital. Uh, now, do I think this deal would be like, do, do I think they're looking at a situation where he's got a deal like Salamato Chandler or something like that? No, I don't. But I do understand, you know, being somewhat hesitant to pull off a trade. Um, who knows what other teams are, are asking for of the pirates. But at some point I would argue they have three starting pitchers. They have a whole bunch of uncertainty right now. It would go a long way to land somebody. And, I, you know, I know the Edward Cabrera thing was a, a topic because of me and other people. But, like, there's a reason it's a topic. It makes a lot of sense. Um, and if you have to give a little bit to get somebody like that, I don't see a problem with it. Yeah. And, and it, it would, like, improve the the current state of the team. And that's kind of where I've gone I mean, everybody knows I love prospects. On top of doing, you know, this show with Chris, I do my own minor league show, like, once a week. Because I love to talk about prospects, but at some point in time, like, like the big league club has to win. And it, it kind of makes me think, though, with, you know, one of their most recent signings, the, the guy that – that's the other part about Sherrington is, is that if they're linked to somebody, it's almost like this is not going to happen because he, like – operates like in the shadows or something because it's like you'll hear something like two hours beforehand and, and then a guy is signed and it's not like it's surprising that a position they went after but it's a player that's like not even been linked or mentioned to the pirates the most recent is is josh fleming which not a lot of people probably know who he is but i mean he was a pretty big part of the tampa bay rays in in 2020, which I know was, you know, a few years ago at this point in time, but he's a guy that comes with some pedigree and has been successful in certain roles. Well, the one thing in the build off of that, Craig, that like the Fleming signing showed me or Brent Honeywell, um, the pirates are going for a type. Like they're very clearly trying to recreate Tampa's pitching system. I don't know if they're going to, but I mean, they're bringing in guys like that. They're willing to, are you a starter or a reliever? We don't know. We'll figure it out. You might be both. We're going to match you up. Like they're trying to figure this stuff out. Whereas other teams just say, well, we need to go out and buy a starting pitcher or trade for a starting pitcher. You have this group of traditional starting pitchers and, and they're just not going to do that. And they're going to take guys that Fleming is one of them and, and look at them and say, we can fix your cutter. You haven't thrown that enough. That can be a really good pitch. Uh, we've had success working with guys 
good cutters, uh, come come here. This is how we're going to fix your cutter, and it's going to make you better. And so that's what they're trying to do with Fleming. I mean, there's there's going to be other things and, and other pitch usage things that are unique to guys. But, yeah, um, it, they very much operate in the shadows, and they very much look for just their type. Yeah, and, and it reminds me of something. I don't even know what spring training or – what time it was when, when Shelton spoke. I mean, this might have been like last year, two years ago, three years ago. Um, he was just basically like talking about like, you know, every we see everybody is an arm. And it was like, yeah, you'll have some guys that will like carve out their roles as a starter. But they were more looking at it as, okay, this is how many innings that have to be pitched within a season. How do we get to that? And it was like, if it would be with openers or piggybacks or, you know, full bullpen games or whatever it would be, as long as we're successful, we're going to try to figure out how to get those innings. And it's definitely, I mean, it's not how some teams operate, especially when you see like the Cardinals go out and it's like, okay, we need three starting pitchers. I mean, Gray is a great starting pitcher in my, not great, but really good. And it was just like, but we need we need three starting pitchers to fill out our rotation, so we're just going to go get them. And I feel like a lot of fans would like the Pirates to operate like in a similar vein. I'm just not sure they're going yeah. to. No, I don't think they're going to either. Um, you know, and I think there's going to be a mix, right? Like there's going to be some guys that are treated like traditional starting pitchers. Mitch Keller is going to be treated like a traditional starter, mostly Marco Gonzalez, Martin Perez. If they would sign, you know, Edward Cabrera or Domingo Herman or whatever, like those guys would also be treated that way. But I think there's also a degree of, you know, just kind of cobbling it together. And if you look at what the Rays do, like McClanahan's treated as a normal guy or was treated as a normal guy, Zach Eflin or whomever, you know, they always have a group that they're just normal. But they're also going to, they also have, you know, they're going to open, they're going to have a bullpen game, they're going to have three innings, four innings, you know, shortened starts. And, I mean, that's where I see this going. I mean, you've got this group of young arms. We are kind of talking about it earlier, but whether it's Roe, Priest, or Ortiz, Jackson Wolf, Jared Jones, um, you now got Honeywell in that mix, uh, Willie Peralta could be in that mix, Josh Fleming could be in that mix. We're like, you only need him to go through the order once. If a guy at Bailey falters, another one, if, you, if that guy has enough stuff to get nine hitters out, or you know, be effective against nine hitters. That's all you need, and then you bring in the next guy. They don't get a second look at you. I I, I get the logic. I do. And and it was successful for them. I know it was almost out of necessity, but I keep on like uh, Chris and I when we talk, it kind of keep on going back to this. Is that you know after the trade deadline when they were operating like a five hundred team, they were doing so with a a two-man rotation, and and a bunch of arms. I know. <laughs> How about people forget that? You know, there's been so much um, anger this offseason. Like, I understand. I mean, you want your team to invest in things that they need to invest in. That's gonna, I, I'm not going to discount that. But we should step back and remember that they did what they did with two starting pitchers. <laughs> and a lot of like creative usage. So I, I'll, I'll give them that. They've got a pretty good idea how to do this stuff. I also think they have a nice young core of players that even position players that could be pretty good. And then you tell me, you know, we're going to add O'Neill Cruz back into the mix. 
um, where Brian Hayes, Brian Reynolds, they're productive, um, a smart combination of things at first base, they can be better. What if Henry Davis is good? Like, all of a sudden, that's a pretty interesting discussion. Yeah, and, and it does take, I mean, you can't throw Quinn Priester out yet. He doesn't have that many innings. That people are throwing out Rolanzi Contreras, and but they want Cabrera. I know Cabrera's stuff is great. I mean, this is just kind of where I'll go, is that he had a bad season, good season, and not a great season last season. Lot, ton of walks, uh, different stuff going on, and I'm not saying he wouldn't be a good pitcher, and I think that he would improve the team, but you also, Luis Ortiz, there's just so many guys that, their careers, and, and talk, going back to kind of what Grandal said, is their careers are kind of just beginning. I mean, could they fall off and the careers maybe be over? Yes, but their careers are just starting. So you can't, like, really write them off just yet. I still want another starter. You know I do, Jason, but oh, yeah. but I can kind of see where – and you do. I can feel like everybody does. I mean, both can be true. Like, we can still want another starter and say, like, you know – the young guys need to come through. Um, I look at I look at it this way: they're not all going to stick. They can't. They, they just get the law of averages. They can't all be terrible. Somebody's going to work out. Um, that's a logical trade for the Pirates to make. You know, yeah. Edward Cabrera, team control, whatever. Um, I don't love the Herman signing enough. I feel like that's just inviting things that you maybe don't need to invite. Uh, but be that as it may. I, you need one more starter. And then at that point, you're counting on what? You're counting on somebody to work out. Um, yeah, a year ago, Rowanzi Contreras was pitching for the Dominican Republic in, in the World Baseball Classic. It was really, really, really good. Hey, Luis Ortiz has thrown 100. Quinn Priester was, you know, a high draft pick, incredibly good pedigree. I was talking to Quinn, actually talked to Quinn and Rowe today. Some really good conversations about what they did this offseason, how they freed themselves up, getting more athletic, getting back to, you know, they both felt like they, they were entirely too stiff and, and thinking too much and lost velocity. Like, it's in there. It is absolutely in there with those guys. And, you know, if Mitch Keller taught us anything, it's that it's not worth it to react after one year. Sometimes it just takes a little bit longer, and that's okay. And it might take those guys, you know, into this year. It might take them into next year. Um, but, you know, it, I will say that the Pirates need to need to have those guys figured out. And obviously time is of the essence. They need them to figure it out very soon if they're going to win games. Yeah. I mean, it's and, and here's the thing is we don't know, you know, what a team looks like on paper can be – completely different from what a team ends up looking like on the field. Only time will tell. And speaking of telling, Jason, there, there's something that you told me earlier here. Um, it's something that will be, you know, out in uh, the pirate Twitter sphere or X sphere and everything, you know, before this drops. Jason, what, what's the news that, that you broke when this comes out? <laughs> So I'm leaving the Pirates beat, but I'm not going far. Um, Ron Cook retired at our paper, as most people know. Um, I will be taking over for Ron in the columnist role. Um, if I sound morose, it's because I'm I like I don't know how to handle it. This has been my biggest aspiration since I got into this business. I always told myself like that's that's the pinnacle. That's what I'm going to work toward. Um, so I have worked like a crazy person and, and do what I've done and 
Um, I'm beyond excited that it's here. I'm also weird about leaving the beat. I, I like it. I like I like everything that this involved. I like the team that I cover. I like the fans that I interact with. Um, I just keep telling myself that I'm not going far, right? Like, I'm still going to write about the Pirates. I still have latitude to do stuff around there. Hopefully, you'll still have me on from time to time. I'll still have opinions and hopefully some insight. And, um, you know, the, and the columnists that I've seen that have done this job well, I mean, I, like, you can go and report things, and I should be around and to do my job well. Like I don't, I don't know another way, so I'm gonna be around learning things and um, all that. So anyway, it takes effect April first. Um, anybody listening has probably found that out by now. So you're stuck with me for all of spring training. Um, but I, yeah, I, I'm shifting into another role, and the beat will be in plenty capable hands. I'm not gonna get too much into how it's gonna be staffed, but Andrew Destin will be staying. Uh, my boy Rowdy will be will be hanging around and doing great work, and, and we're gonna, you know, really excited about the transition plan. And, and Jason, I I will definitely have you back on because, I mean, as you know, you're the you're a Pirates beat reporter and and people that we go to for information. But honestly, dude, I at times just like talking ball with you. Yeah, I I like I like talking ball with you. I like talking ball with a lot of people. I I just. You know, I hope that baseball is a very big part of what I do in this next role. I, if baseball has been a very big part of everything I've done in my life, I can't imagine doing something else without baseball being a very big part of it. So um, I've already warned the Pirates guys who are you know going to be handling this thing for us, like, I'm probably going to annoy you. I'm going to try to not <laughs> annoy you. But I like this. So, and they're like, oh, you're fine. You're fine. So I'm like, thank you. Thank you for tolerating me. Um, but, yeah, and I, I, I need it, man. It's just it's such a great beat. It's such a great fan base. I have really – and, and you know, Sports City, I was born here. I, I feel like I know it pretty well. But um, I, I went to this beat because I thought it would be a sneaky, great baseball town and really incredible to experience that. And I, I did. And it exceeded my wildest expectations. Um, and I just could not be more grateful for that. Well, Jason, congratulations are in order. You know, definitely very well-deserved. Uh, for anybody that doesn't, please follow Jason Mackey. I'm pretty sure most anybody that's listening to this probably already does. Um, at PG. Jason, like I said, congratulations. I... Uh, I have to have you back on here again, and and when I do get down to spring training sometime in March, hopefully we run into each other. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say.